for so long, I felt like I was kind of one of the only ones. And now I really feel like there's such a strong community of women of color in the wellness world. For whatever reason, though, I still feel like the publications and like the larger kind of people in the wellness world are still not giving enough credit to those people, but it almost doesn't even matter because the micro is so strong that it will become the macro. To almost 30 podcast. Happy, Happy 2019. <laughs> so glad you're here. Oh, if it's your first time, welcome. We're the Almost 30 podcast. We started um, during the transition from our 20s to our 30s, mm-hmm. and then we realized it's so much more than that. <laughs> so we're a podcast that talks about tools, resources, tips, insights, anything you need to navigate any transition in your life. Yeah. And we're not experts. We don't know what the fuck we're doing most of the time. And that's kind of the point. Yep. We are you, you are us. And we've met a ton of you over the last two years and y'all are our best friends. So if you're new to the pod, Welcome to our friend circle. <laughs> You're in pulling our family. You in. Um, yeah, I'm sure we have actually a lot of new listeners right now. Mm-hmm. This is the time of year kind of when people hop on um, a new, maybe you're new to podcasts. There are so many good podcasts out there. Um, so We're probably not going to mention it. Yeah, I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Rich Roll, our, yeah. ba- our baby. Actually, some good ones. Rich Roll, <laughs> Gold Digger podcast. Mm-hmm. I really like Lori Harder's podcast. Yeah, it's totally. great. Sahara, the highest self. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many. Yeah. The Alchemized Life. Yeah. She's so sweet. Ava. Oprah. Mm-hmm. Oprah Super Soul. Tim Ferriss. Classic. Depends on what you're looking Theo for. Theo Vaughn. Yeah, but also in our group, our secret Facebook group, uh, which you can find on Facebook, which is where the women of our community connect about everything. They talk a lot about other great podcasts to listen to too. So there's some threads in there. Mm-hmm. Are there any... Um, silly things that you're going to do more of. I know there's some serious Mm -hmm. and thoughtful ones, but any silly things? I was thinking about that the other day, just like how I want to be like more playful and weird. Oh yeah. And just like weird You got to allow yourself to be playful and weird. Mm -hmm. You are playful and weird. You know, but I think- Don't judge it. No, not at all. I think, uh, yeah. But but I can get caught up in like the quote unquote business of life where like, I feel like I need to be serious. Totally. And I forget that like we can be doing business and also having fun. Mm-hmm. We, we're good at that. Though. We're good at that. I'm not as good at that, but we're No, good you're at very that good together. at that. I think you're very good at it. Actually, yeah, I have a hard time with the balancing the business thing because I feel like I'm being cold mm. when I'm being businessy. You know, it doesn't, I feel the it's same not way, like actually. a natural thing. Even when we talk, you know, when our team talks, it's like when we're talking business, there's kind of like a shift a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this is what we need to do. And sometimes it feels a little like sticky, mm-hmm. even though it shouldn't. 
Cause it's like, you know, it's our work. It's very personal. Um, so I don't know if you women can relate, you know, I, I can imagine that you can, especially if you're in a creative endeavor and you're working with other women or men and you're kind of talking about your business or, or what you're doing, it can sometimes be a little challenging to not feel cold or. Yeah. I feel like people harsh. want to be perceived as what they think people want them to be. So like, it's like you're a woman in business. So you walk in and you're professional and you like command the room and maybe, or same with a guy. Or like unbutton your shirt. And, <laughs> and just smush your titties in, yeah. in the face of the investor. Yes. <laughs> That's how we made it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say the other day? You're like, I'm going to wear more high neck turtlenecks. Uh-huh. That's your thing. I'm going to do more turtlenecks I love that. Year. Thanks. They look great on you. I really like turtlenecks. I do too. I don't too. know what it is. I think it's sleek. I think it's uh, sleek and chic. Yeah. I think... It's also like not what everyone does. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I don't know. Anyway. Turtleneck club. <laughs> and so um, in, the, in the secret Facebook group that I mentioned, uh, we talked about New Year's and we wanted to get some of the Almost 30 Nation feedback for what their New Year's resolutions were or what they were looking to do more of. Mm-hmm. Cute peanut heads. They said, Ashley Watts had a really cute one. She made a theme for it and it's igniting my fire. I'm very Kafa energy and everything I'm supposed to do revolves around movement, forward momentum, adding spice to my food and my day. Been very safe in my own comfort zone and want to focus on trying new things, getting my energy up and handling my shit. Mm. I like the theme idea. That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. So the theme was? Her theme was igniting my fire. Oh, Ashley, good one. Going with your dosha. Going with your, the theme is the dosha. Yeah, that's so good. Here's Kimberly Cotty. My biggest resolution is to act with consciousness, mainly in reference to my shopping, spending money and consciousness or shopping, spending and money in a conscious way, as in not mindlessly buying shit for no reason, removing saved credit cards from my phone and computer, paying attention to the why I'm mindlessly shopping that what's triggering the spur of the moment purchase and why I feel the need to be impulsive and have instant gratification. This also means recognizing these voids I'm trying to fill stuff with. Mm. I focused a lot on physical, emotional, and mental wellness in the last few years. And 2019 is going to be about financial wellness. Girl, I am so with you. It actually makes me want to cry. That is so beautifully put. I think a lot of us can relate the mindless buying. Yep. And it's not about like having the things. It's just like, there is always a trend to follow. There is always something new to do and practice that you want to be a part of it. It's almost like a little bit of a FOMO, mm-hmm. but I think that's such a good one. I'm, I'm with you for the financial wellness this year. It's my thing. I love it. And a lot of the girls actually had a lot of financial love. wellness related things. A few of them were talking about the Nicole Lappin podcast, Erica. Um, said that really inspired her. And then Jordan Cooper had a really good um, point to that. Uh, She said that she's unsubscribing from a majority of the shopping email subscriptions. So she will then spend less money and, you know, be less triggered. So unsubscribing to those is a really, really, really great idea. Um, Riley Mae Burns had a good one. I'm resolving to listen more this year in two different ways. The first is that I want to listen more than I speak. The second is that I want to listen to what my body needs and what it makes it feel what makes it feel good, focusing on mindfulness and enjoyment rather than punishment or restriction. 
In other words, eating whatever tastes good, but really savoring it, eating slowly and exercise because it really makes me feel good instead of because I have a certain expectation of what it will make my body look like. Oh my God. I mean, this group is like insane. Here was, here's another one, the last one in here that I'm going to read. Corinne Manley. She says, 2019, be kinder to myself. It is amazing how much your own negative words have an impact on how you view yourself. A simple, oh my gosh, I am so fat, can wreak havoc on your self-worth, which is absolutely crazy to think about. The feeling is so real. We are beautiful in our own way. Acne, wrinkles, cellulite. Be kind, embrace it. Beautiful. Oh. So inspired by y'all. And yeah, this episode, I just, I, like I, I can't help but think that like, I mean, think about it. 20 years ago, women were not, one, having these conversations or two, caring this much about themselves. Yeah. Like this is, this is the jumping off point of when, we take over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it really feels yes. that way. It feels like such a shift and because that's the secret, I think taking care of yourself and, and listening more and being more quiet and slowing down and, you know, being more connected to source is like how we're going to do it and do it different and take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. No yep. matter, you know, yeah, I completely it's beautiful. agree. And just being able to be, you know, and I'm so appreciative of the girls in our group and, you know, chicas all over the world Mm -hmm. that are sharing these vulnerable things with one another, you know, to be so grateful, you know, that they feel like they can Mm -hmm. share this like deep desire to be more conscious or to spend less mindlessly um, and all that. And there's actually, just let me read these two Mm -hmm. that I thought were really good. Lindsay O'Hearn, to continue to become friends with myself and not constantly be my own worst enemy. Not a resolution, just relearning. I love the relearning. I think that's beautiful. And then this one had a really, a lot of thumbs up from Liz Teresa. Cutting back on social media is my goal. Facebook and Instagram have created a truly bullshit perception of what my life should look like. Mm. Such a good one. So thank you for sharing that, lovely ones. Yeah, I want to be mindful about that too this year, just on my own social media. Kind of like not posting when I don't want to post, posting when I want to post, but also like, I don't know, just like thinking about what I want to see and what I want to be inspired by. It's, it's hard. Cause sometimes I have days where I'm just like, eh, one sentence, like be, be funny. Cause I'm feeling like that. But then I don't know, like just the visual of it too. I want it. I want to be myself all the time and, and not, I'm not always myself in pictures. Right. Like I just, and I think, you know, more and more as people come back to themselves, they just want to see themselves in other people. And that way that happens is when people are just themselves. So that's a really good reminder. Yeah. I want to let go. I want to figure out, I'm going to have like a, something with my Instagram. I'm going to have a moment with it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but just less having to have pick perfect photos. Mm. I want more of our community in them you know, less of me, more of our community, more of the almost 30 people involved in it, posting less. You know, I do feel like I have to post regularly. Yeah. Um, And then my posts are, you know, whatever. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna have a moment with that too. But there is someone that is killing Instagram. Who? Our guest. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, Queen Bee, Hannah Bronfman. Come on. 
on. Come on. I got so many DMs <laughs> about this one. It was like insane. I was like, yes. Yes, she is cool as fucking person. Yeah, yes, she, she is, is beautiful and awesome and smart. She is so smart, man. I love how she thinks about her brand. I love how she thinks about her life. And I love how strategic she is about the decisions that she makes mm-hmm. that come from a very thoughtful place, you know, that is heart-centered. And she's just so fearless. Like fearless. she's one of those people and you're one of those people for me too, where I'm just like, yeah, who the fuck cares? This is my life, my brand. And if you don't want to read it, or be a part of it, you don't have to. And that's totally okay. But like, you just feel the ener- the forward movement energy in her, which attracts brands that are aligned, which attracts opportunities that open up, you know, her readers' hearts and minds to new things and ways of living. And I mean, it's just, it's really, really insane. And I fucking love hanging out with Hannah. Yeah. She called me out right when we met. I loved her. What'd when I was Googling someone on Google. Oh my God. She's like, you yo, look him up on Google. Yo, she was on my Google when she walked in. I love her. <laughs> and I was like, oh <laughs> fuck. We were like talking about someone and I'd Googled them like on actual Google. She's like, who uses Google? You use Instagram. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> so fucking true. Yeah. What do we talk about? We talked about everything. We talked about, I mean, just how she's built her brand, yes. like from the ground up. We've talked about like her relationship with her now husband, which mm-hmm. is so yeah. interesting to me to watch them like co-collaborate. Like, you know, they're so supportive of one another and come back to each other, um, even in like the exciting chaos of their lives. And he's a real grounding force for her and I'm sure it's mutual. Um, But I always love to know like the personal dynamics behind like such a big brand um, because we're all human. Yeah, we talked about how she picks certain brand collaborations that she works with. We talk about her new book, Mm -hmm. Do What Feels Good. And we got a tip from the new book that is exclusive and exciting. And I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, it was a really, really good one. Yeah. And then we talk about just like her journey with her body and her spiritual journey as well, which is, I think, from what I understand, very intertwined and what I know is intertwined. Um, so it was just really nice and refreshing to hear from her vantage point, like how she's come to really love the body she was given. It's a beautiful body, mm-hmm. but like, you know what I mean? Like we all have our things with our bodies. So I really love these types of conversations where we know what's going on in her head and how she's really settled into her heart um, on that issue specifically. Yeah, love it. And the book, just remember, do what feels good. Uh, This is really Hannah's um, real talk, insight into how to get in touch with your body, how to fuel it and how to do more of what your body and soul want and less of what it doesn't. So um, she's been all over the world. She lives in New York City and she's met, you know, leaders in the fitness, wellness and beauty space. uh, And she shares all of their tips and tricks. So that's going to be in the book. All right, y'all. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. Love Love you. And tag us on Instagram. If you share the episode, message us, DM us, join the secret Facebook group. It's popping. And thanks so much in advance. If you feel called to rate and review on iTunes, it means so much to us. We'll read a review on the other side of this episode. And yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. Go get them. Lindsay worked at Bounce. It's Bounce Sporting Club. No. I was hoping you maybe DJed there. But- no, no. I literally have never even heard. What do you mean? A sporting club? 
it's, it's probably like, well, it is kind of like dark. If you, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. dark, but it's dark. It's kind of dark. It's like some of the darkest it, moments of my life. It was really. in Midtown. It was at like 21st between 5th and 6th. Oh, it's that's like, not Midtown. Yeah, what is that? Me that my that, bad. That's like Chelsea. Flat I didn't go sober. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, bounce. It sounds like spin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but no ping pong tables. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like sporting by about? day, it's like you can watch sports and like mm. order pictures. And then by night, it's like it's scary. the guy in the robot costume and you're like spraying steam everywhere. Oh <laughs> shit. You know what I'm talking about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never been to, never been. Yeah, good. I'm surprised. Don't, don't <laughs> Kelly's been. Yeah. I would, um, I remember my boyfriend's friends would always go and I was like, what's Bounce? He's like, it's not the best. And then literally when I met Lindsay, he's like, Lindsay worked at Bounce. <laughs> did you ever, did you have jobs before what you're doing now? Yeah, but, so yeah. many, like a thousand. Like what? Um, I worked in- What was PR. the worst one? <laughs> I actually never had a, I don't, I- I genuinely did not have like that bad of experiences in working. I worked in PR. Um, I did fashion PR for three years. Mm. Um, I worked at Michael Kors and mm. and Ralph Lauren. I was like fully on like the rugby like PR team, like RIP rug, rugby. Wow. wow. Um, and then I did PR in music. I like oh. actually spent a summer in Paris with my boyfriend at the time. And I was working at Warner Music doing PR for like international. And my boyfriend at the time, he was, he spoke fluent French. So he was working in the he was working in like the national PR of Warner. So he was dealing with all like the French artists. And actually that summer was the summer that Paris Hilton launched Stars Are Blind. And she had a big party in Paris. So it was like Paris and Paris. And I was really like the like full, like kind of intern bitch on that, on that entire Mm -hmm. project. And I'll never forget we did a walkthrough with her like maybe two hours before the event. And I think there must've been like Belvedere on every Mm -hmm. table. And she was like, Nope, I want like, I forget what the champagne was, but she wanted like a champagne. She did not want to see Belvedere anywhere. And I was like, Oh my, and by the way, I could have been, I I don't even know what brands it were, you know, but I was like, Oh my God, I've got to change all the alcohol, like get this done, running around like crazy. And she said she had like one of the best nights ever. And then she was like dancing on a table and looks into the crowd out of nowhere. And she's like, Hannah, she pulls me over. And I'm like, I come over. I'm like, yeah. She's like, who's that guy? And I'm like, uh, like, I'm like looking and I'm like, oh my God, it's like my friend from high school. I'm like, uh, actually I'm like, uh, that's Ryan. She's like, get Ryan. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. I literally go over to my friend who's like known to drink a bit. Yeah. Slap him across the face. I'm like, this is going to change your life. <laughs> and sure enough, I think they had like a great night together. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Brian's like, huh? Yeah, literally. He was <laughs> shook. He's wearing like Sobered a polo he, shirt. He was Real like, quick. huh? Actually, though, he was so shook. He didn't know what was happening. And I was like, you need, like, you need to get, <laughs> you your shit get together. it together. Like, this is like my neck on the He's line. like, take that fucking Corona out of your hand. And literally. Go, go up to Paris. <laughs> literally. Do you, I was recently watching um, American Meme on Netflix. Do you kind of see Paris Hilton? And since you've been behind the scenes with her, like, do you see her as one of like kind of the pioneers of like what's happening on social media and all of that. When I say she was one of the most inspiring people to me, Mm. she she literally was, 
and because honestly, when you were, when I would talk to her before she would have to like be on, she is so smart. She is so thoughtful about her brand. She's so inclusive. Wow. And she like, I mean, not to say that it's uh, like a farce by any means. She is exactly who she is, but she like definitely gets in go mode. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's on for the cameras and she like really can hone in on her whole persona. And I swear I came home from that summer and I said to my sister, I'm like, did you know that people can make money by being themselves? Yeah. And that like literally that like sparked a whole thing about what, what did I care about? What did I want to do? What did, how could I, because honestly, I mean, in 2010, when I graduated college, it was like the height of the economic decline. And I had worked in PR my whole life. After that, after I worked in music PR, I went back to fashion PR and worked for not a corporate company, but a very small lingerie company called Kiki de Montparnasse. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know it, Um, but it was like, that was like the summer I was going to be like finding my sexuality, like through this like lingerie empowerment women's company and like doing PR for them. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's kind of also at the same time that I started DJing. And so it just kind of bet like one thing led to another. And then when I left college, you know, I wasn't getting a corporate job and I didn't really love the world of corporate PR. And I didn't really Mm -hmm. like, like the idea of doing PR for companies that I didn't like fully I wasn't fully like obsessed with. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to DJ. I know how to do PR. So I'm going to PR the shit out of myself to get DJ gigs. And then that's kind of like how it started to like roll. When you, cause you were in college, you taught yourself how to DJ, right? Mm-hmm. So what was that? Like, were you just like, fuck it? Like I'm going to like, for, literally, I, you know, like, and just like, literally I had one, like one of my best friends is this guy um, at the time, this guy named Henry. And we were so like over the one bar jukebox, like towny situation. And we were like, we convinced the the owner of the bar to let us throw a party. And let, sure enough, like we made the bar so much money that night that he was like, all right, every Thursday night is yours. And Henry and I would do it together. So that way Henry would DJ for 45 minutes and I'd be like dancing and partying. And then I would DJ for 45 minutes so he could do the same. And it was just like, we kind of just like took turns doing that every Thursday night for the entire school year. It was like the Thursday night party was everything that everyone looked forward to. Damn. It's funny. Like, cause I think about like where ours was like a towny town for college too. Like that would have been so dope to do that. But all of us were such like sheep that we just would look at the, like the townie DJ and be like, this sucks. And then we'd be like, Oh, whatever, you know? (laughs) Totally. Totally. I totally hear that. Honestly, I feel like I went to a school where we were so like annoyingly like proactive doers. Mm, Where'd you go? I went to a school called Bard. Oh yeah. Which like, if you know, you know, like we're just like, like we were having literally every weekend. So Thursday night was Thursday night. Then Friday nights we'd have like like our like Shabbat dinners where we'd like literally bring over (laughs) different meals to different houses. And like each house would host the weekend party every weekend. So it would be like a full rotation and we don't have Greek life, but it was like, Mm. it was kind of like our version of that. Um, And we were just like super proactive. We always were having like dinner parties. We were always like having like cooking contests. Like we were doing, like we were doing the most. It was ridiculous. (laughs) It's funny. Like, so so before that, like even in high school, I kind of want to like, where did this start? Like, did your parents kind of instill in you this curiosity, this mm-hmm. like to always kind of follow your creative, like 
I don't know, that blood in you that just kind of mm-hmm. pumps in that direction? Yeah, they did actually. Both my parents. So my mom was um, an actress, singer, model. She grew up in the South side of Chicago and she was always like, she always wanted to be a cheerleader. And then at the time they, you know, she wasn't allowed to be a cheerleader. So she was like, all right, well, I'm going to be then the head bat- baton girl in the marching band. Mm-hmm. And so, and she would be like, there was this um, show that was kind of like their version of like American bandstand. And she would dance like, you know, like they would like dance on television. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like 50 shit. So like she would like <laughs> dance on like the totally. show and she would write herself fan mail and the, to the producers and the producers were like, well, because Peaches, a smart woman. yeah, because Peaches is getting so much fan mail. She needs more airtime. Right. So like, and, and then my dad was like, my dad never went to college. He kind of even left high school in 10th grade to pursue like working for this guy in, in the movie world. And he started writing and doing kind of all of this, like he was a songwriter and, a, and, a, and, um, a movie producer and kind of, that was like his first love. And he, you know, kind of followed his passion as opposed to doing like the family business. I mean, he ended up going into the family business, but you know, when you come from a family who neither of parents have went to college, right? It's not, it's kind of easy to be like, well, I can kind of do my own path too. It's like my parents weren't saying like, listen, you need to go to an Ivy league school and this is the way you need to do. And you need to be a doctor or a lawyer, or blah, 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 because they both came from very creative places and they both pursued those careers that led them to ultimately like their road and whatever. And they had so many different experiences. Like my mom was on, when she moved to New York, when she was 18, she was on Broadway in the first all black cast of Hello Dolly with Cab yeah. Calloway. Yeah. And she like was a cult seventies actress, like in Shaft. And she was on an off Broadway show with Dion Warwick. And my dad was actually writing music for Dion at the time. And that's how they met. Mm. So they're very arts and culture and they gave me a very strong foundation within arts and culture. And at the same time, my grandfather, who is an extremely hardworking guy, kind of, he also, for lack of whether this is good or bad, he kind of like had a hard time communicating unless you were like working in business or had Mm. a lot of ambition. Yeah. So between that and knowing Mm. that I was only going to kind of get his approval if I was going to be pushing myself to do things that I really cared about that were going to be successful mixed with like the creative of my parents. I was like, okay, well, I guess I can create my own business and go that route. Mm. And you have siblings too? One of seven. Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah. Hey. What wow. What are you on the, like, what's the so, order? So I'm the baby of the first litter. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm, I have two older and four younger, but I kind of grew up a little bit like a middle child only because my older brother is five years older and my little brother is nine years younger. So when I was like in high school, you know, my little brothers and sisters were so young. Even when I was in middle school, like my older brother didn't really want to hang out with me. So that type of thing. Yeah. Um, they never do. <laughs> I know. But now he, we're like besties, um, which is great. But randomly, it, there's also twins. I have twin brother and sisters and my grandmother's a twin. So twins are in my family. But all of the kids go from it's girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Even with the twins. Wow. I know. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so how do you think that kind of influenced you to just like be your own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To be honest, it had a huge influence on me. Like my little sisters, when I was in high school and they were 
like still in lower school, you know, they would say things to me that they didn't even consciously understand Mm -hmm. what they were saying, but it was, it had a lot to do with body image and what they were seeing at school, what they were hearing from their parents, from their parents' friends. And I'll never forget like the day my little sister came running up to my room and she was so upset because Mm -hmm. she was told she couldn't have another piece of cake because cake was going to make her fat. And I was like, and I, by the way, I was like so young. I didn't really Mm -hmm. know that this was going to be something that was going to affect me or stay with me at the time. Mm -hmm. But at the time I just remembered feeling like, oh, like that is so heartbreaking. And I kind of grew up as a ballerina in New York. So I know firsthand what negative body image and negative self-talk like can do to a person. So my little sisters have always been a huge source of inspiration and motivation for me because it became very clear to me that they didn't have a lot of positive like role models in their life. Um, And so that kind of like ended up with a few other mixes and turns in there ended up leading me to um, ultimately what I do now. Mm. And then being in the ballet, how did you, like, did you, did you always have a healthy mindset, I guess? Like, so hearing that conversation, it sounds like you were aware that that was negative and you wanted to move against it. But I guess what was your evolution in your like body love journey and kind of seeing yourself the way you do now? Yeah. So there was definitely a point of time where I was like, I went to a performing arts camp for seven weeks. We were dancing eight hours a day and I'll never forget, like I got my period and they were like, all right, get a tampon in and like you're late for class. And I was like, oh, okay. There's like no like harmonious woman in yeah. like in like time. Like what? And I was like, okay, right, this we're is not moon cycling. Yeah, like what? And I was like, okay, well, that was like pretty like quick and sharp. And I was like, all right. Did anyone teach you how to put the tampon in? No. Oh my God. I know. It was really intense. And so I kind of and then it was like one of those things where, you know, at dinner, like you would get crazy looks if you were going to go and get like a second portion. And I honestly, I've loved food my entire life. Like my older sister always tells me like when we traveled, when we were little, I'd be like, let's do like, let's order in a room service feast. Like I always would say like a feast. (laughs) And like, I would like literally curate our, our, like the menu of what we were going to have, like even at like such a young age. So I kind of, I I couldn't, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to starve myself. I didn't really, you know what I mean? And so, you know, when you're prepubescent, it's fine. You all are like thin and small and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I hit puberty and I was like growing in places that other people weren't. And, you know, I was like, well, if I'm skinnier, will my leg go higher or blah, 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 blah. And will I get picked for a better role or blah. And I was kind of like, you know what, once I actually got the role that I wanted and I like wasn't conforming, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like this, I can like be on this journey. And then it got to a point where like, okay, I'm not going to be a professional dancer. So I need to, and I just, I would see these girls who would literally, their face was like sunken in and like, they were so catty and competitive and just like not eating anything and had like such low energy mm-hmm. and were and becoming like fully obsessed with this ballet world. And I was just like, this is, this looks like this to me, this is what look, what crazy looks like. And I was like, I don't, and I would talk to my mom about it a lot because my mom also felt 
a lot of pressures growing up and also, mm-hmm. you know, being sure. like black in her community and wanting to do all the things that like were, you know, privileged for white people. Like she just, she like got it. And she was like, listen, like, it's okay. Like that you have these feelings and that you don't want to like be like everyone else and that you don't want to like take on all of these negative things. Like, that's fine. Like you are who you are. Like you don't have to be ashamed for eating nutritious food. Like my mom's also been a vegetarian since the seventies and has been like, she's a Reiki master and does mm-hmm. like, you know, all of like all of the spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Like she used to, I tell this, this is a little segue, but yeah. she would tape crystals to her chakras and then literally like answer the door <laughs> to like the FedEx guy with her. like the crystals. And, I, and I'd be like, mom, like seriously, <laughs> like what the hell? Oh my God. Um, but so she was always super empowering mm-hmm. and very much like helped me stand my ground and just not like conform to the ways of the crazy ballerina world. And yeah. then on top of that, my mm-hmm. grandmother was actually anorexic her like most of her adult life. And so when she passed away, when I was in college, that was the most eye-opening experience for me because she ended up really passing away because her body couldn't support her. And that mixed with everything else I just told you about, that was the point for me when I was like, okay, I'm going to devote myself to living the happiest and healthiest version of myself that I possibly can Mm. and like share that with other people because I realized that those negative thoughts that I saw so prevalently as like a young teenager clearly stuck with my grandmother her entire life. And if this is the outcome, I'm like, then we need to get these thoughts and feelings under control at a young age, because clearly these are the types of things that will stay with us and plague us for a long time, unless we get it under control. As you become you know, more and more kind of in the social media spotlight and beyond and starting your own brand. I'm just maybe jumping ahead, but since we're on the body topic, Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you stay in your body when there are so many eyes on your body? Like, how are you Mm -hmm. not, like, I find myself sometimes and I'm getting better and better, but just like being outside of my body and, and judging or just seeing my body from another's perspective rather than just feeling like I'm in my body. So are there some things that you do on the daily or what has it been like? Yeah. So it it definitely is, is strange when there's some, it, I try to change the perspective and not say that it's pressure, but rather like motivation. So, you know, the fact that people kind of look to me for workout tips and like body inspo and that stuff. I try not to think about it as pressure, but rather motivation to stay on course. And also I'm a very forgiving person with myself. I'm, I, for a long time, like a long time ago, I kind of got over the idea. This is actually really had to do with me being a DJ and DJing nightclubs all the time, I felt so much guilt that I was wasting my days sleeping, that I was up all night drinking and wasn't taking care of myself. My skin was a mess. Um, And obviously that's because I was eating like one meal a day at probably around midnight, drinking all the tequila possible and like genuinely feeling completely burnt out. And so I really, I kind of woke up one day and was like, this is fully not sustainable and I need to get back to doing the things that make me feel good. So for me, it's always been a kind of about feeling good and not necessarily about like definition and results. And even though I am results driven, it's more results in feeling my best, not about how I look. 
And I mean, I will say that I feel like I've, you know, over the last seven years, my body has changed and fluctuated and done all of like the things that come with trying different diets and different workouts, which is kind of like what I'm known for. Like I'm very mm-hmm. much like a guinea pig and love to try all the things. And I kind of like that. I like that I can see my body changing when it comes to doing different things because then I like to tell people, you know, I saw like that I actually, you know, on the keto diet, for instance, cool. I like ended up trimming down before my wedding and then I like went on my honeymoon and it felt like I completely ballooned afterwards. And like, I'm very open. I'm an open book like that. And I'm totally comfortable kind of talking about those things. And and I think- for me, I feel like if I address it personally, then no, it doesn't matter what anyone else is like saying about me. Yes. And that's also something that I think is really crazy with the whole social media thing and the pressure. And it's like, what is, what are, what are the, what are, what's the noise? Like, what is everyone saying about you? Or I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And I always say like, I love my haters because they are full motivation to me to prove to myself that I can be whoever I have set out on this journey to be. Mm. Because people, I feel like more and more, I mean, you guys probably know, it's like everyone has an opinion and everyone has a device that like they hide behind. And so it's really how to like tune them out, which I talk a lot about in my book, actually, like how to tune out the haters and actually like use like their negativity and turn it into positivity Mm. um, and motivation. Do you, sorry, do you like read comments and stuff or like what's your- Yeah, I read comments. I respond to comments. I like hit people's profiles. I go into their photos. I like their photos. I comment on their photos. I'm like, I try to be very engaging within the community Mm -hmm. online, which I think also like has helped or like, I don't know, not helped, but has created this like sense that like, I could be your best friend. Like people write me and they're like, Hey, like, like as if we are totally like friends. Sometimes I'm like thrown off. Cause I'm like, have we met? No, totally. You know, yeah. like, do we know each other? Yeah. Like if they come up, cause it's like, they're continuing a conversation. Yeah. That, oh, totally. And know? I'm like, wait, wait, have we met? And they're like, oh no, no, no. We, no, we, we don't know each other. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just making sure. But, but I'm in Alaska. Yeah. I need to ask that because I'm, I always just keep playing. I'm like, yes, totally. And I think honestly, at this point, I think it's like so normal and kind of sweet. And I, and I love that people are so engaged and want to continue mm-hmm. the conversation. And that's sure. like, and I think we've obviously and are in such a crazy time right now where finally all these conversations are happening, right? For so long, like no, no one was talking about this stuff, which yeah. is nuts. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think too, like when you are that honest and just yourself, like you almost close the gap through which a lot of people would give kind of like feedback and hate and all that. It's like, it doesn't even have ground when you're that honest. Cause right. it just mm-hmm. kind of like disintegrates because right. you're just being yourself. Like totally. what are people going to. Totally. And I mean, on? there's still like, you know, there can still be, I see a lot with like some people like where they're like, they have their opinions and they're just being themselves, but then their opinions are actually like very close minded yes. and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, I know. and then yeah. that obviously breeds, you know, a lot of crazy comments and all the things. But I actually think that for those people that can be like very good learning experiences mm-hmm. and eye opening and helping you like kind of see the larger picture. So it's, it can be, it, 
it's good and bad. When you're talking about yourself and kind of like your body, it's different. When you're talking about like world issues and things like that, it's kind of also a different conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what about, and it's interesting to hear about, you know, your mom like going through like her struggles and her journey being a woman of color in like the entertainment space, especially Mm -hmm. in New York at that time. Yeah. For you being a woman of color in wellness, like what has that journey been like for you? And like, do you feel like, cause I never want this, but I feel like it's almost like there is a responsibility, even though there shouldn't be, you know, in this space, but what are your thoughts on like the wellness space now? And as a woman of color? Yeah. So I actually, this is a great question. And it's funny because for so long, I felt like I was kind of one of the only ones. Mm-hmm. And now I really feel like there's such a strong community of women of color in the wellness world. For whatever reason, though, I still feel like, you know, the publications and like the larger kind of people in the wellness world are still not giving enough credit to those people. But it almost doesn't even matter because the micro is so strong yes. that it will become the macro. You know what I mean? So I I really... Uh, And this is why I love the world of Instagram, because I have been able to connect and find these amazing people who are championing like self-care, self-love, like, um, you know, being a part of your community in a way that I don't think I would have had access to if without this type of social, you know, um, network and being a woman of color, being a woman of color in New York city in the wellness world. Um, I kind of feel like I have a little bit of an advantage than, you know, people who are in other, maybe more rural places and whatnot, just because I have a lot of access, but it's different. I mean, you know, not to like throw shade on anyone, but you know, the world of wellness is, is, you know, I'm grateful to Gwyneth for pioneering all the things. And now it's like, now it's our turn to come in as millennials and really like own this whole lane. And we've seen the craziest boom in the last seven years over in the wellness world. I mean, today, literally, I'm sure a new skincare brand is launching tomorrow. A new like nutrition Mm -hmm. brand is launching. I mean, it's, there's never, it's funny though, because business obviously thrives on trends and wellness being such an amazing trend that's kind of really coming to the forefront. It's not a a trend, it's a lifestyle, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I feel like a lot of businesses are trying to capitalize on that. And it's interesting to see what businesses and how they're marketing. And I think that they are marketing to a predominantly white audience. Um, I have not seen that many brands be very inclusive of women of color. So- it's interesting. It's an interesting lens, right? Because I actually see the women of color community so strong, yet I'm seeing businesses and brands not cater to that. And that, and that, by the way, is something that we've dealt with for the last however many mm-hmm. like decades, right? I mean, it was until what two years ago that you'd walk into a Rite Aid and the black hair care section are literally brands from the 70s, mm-hmm. right? So we've always kind of been under catered, yet we are the same community that's willing to spend three times more, right? Because we know that we, we're, you know, we can't just buy one foundation. We're gonna have to buy three foundations and mix them. Mm. So we're willing to spend, yet no one's really catering. And I think that is still the gap that needs to close. I feel like it's a lot of the older companies too that have like majority of like white women on the packaging that are trying to catch up and trying to catch on to the trend of wellness for 
like monetary purposes, but don't understand like what's going on. So it's like the companies like Glossier that are like the millennial focused companies that are started on Instagram, that are growing on Instagram, that are catering to like the actual community of people that are buying who are black, who are white, who are Indian, who are whoever. Mm -hmm. But it's like the companies like that that are going to actually completely thrive. And also too, it's like with, I always think about too, like companies now that are capitalizing on like female empowerment or women empowerment. So it's like a company is saying like, oh, we support women or whatever it is like, and it's really like, that's, they're not understanding what it's really about. It's not just like being a product that's for woman, a woman, and then saying you are supporting women. It's like, what is the act of actually supporting women or being a part of like the movement to bring women's voices to the forefront? Exactly. It's easy to cater to a trend and it's harder to be below the surface. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 1000%. And I think you're totally right. Corporate companies are having a really hard time understanding unless they start hiring the right types of people, the women of color to kind of like re-engineer and re-jig that whole system. And there are so many amazing companies that have started on Instagram that are really for millennials that do understand. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about like business on a general scale, like those are very small companies, right? There's an amazing hair care brand actually called Briogeo. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you guys know it. Right. Um, founded by a, a mixed woman who used to be a Goldman Sachs girl and then launched this line. And, you know, her, she's so, it's, it's a brand that actually has no, like, like I see like the whitest of straight girl hair promoting this brand along with the girls who have like, you know, the crazy curls and like, you know, it, it's literally a brand that I feel like has resonated with so many different types of hair specifically, mm-hmm. like different hair type that I'm like almost, I'm like it, the, this brand story. Like I just, I'm like mm-hmm. kind of obsessed because for so long, and obviously I'm sure you guys know, like for women of color, like, and, and girls in general, like the hair journey is so crazy and so real and so a part of our identity. Mm-hmm. And a side note, I shaved my head in college and I have like a head tat. No. Shut up. What yeah. is it? Is this an exclusive? <laughs> Wait, it's not. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's a dragon with the body of a vine and it's like in the shape of a seahorse. Wait. Pause. On your head, on my head, yeah. What did right. that feel like to get a tattoo? It on was your head? like did um, it tickle. It was the most painful thing I've ever <gasps> done in my life. Yeah, it was. How big is it? I mean, it's pretty large. Like it's this full side. It's the full wow. right side of my head. Yeah, you, you were full DJ mode. I was like full like tank girl mode. Wow. Like it was cray cray. Um, but for someone who then like shaved their head and then two years later when I was trying to grow my hair out and I realized that my hair grew out and not down, you know, that was like, you know, mm. and I'm in my what early twenties at this point. I'm like, Oh, Whoa, well, this is new. What'd you have to do? And then I started using like relax. Relax. Yeah, relax. Yeah. yeah. Then I would like relax oh. it. Well, then I would cornrow it as soon as it was yeah, long yeah. enough to cornrow. Then as soon as it was like, to my ear, I cut the other side short, relaxed it. So then I had like a little bob. Wow. And now like, you know, now I've been chemical free on my hair for six years and I'm still only learning how to like really like judge my curls and mm. like really wear my hair curly. Mm. 
in my early like thirties. So the hair journey is like a wild journey. And so when brands like Briogeo come out and create products that really span a huge range of, of hair type and women, it's super empowering because now we're finally like, we have the tools in order to like do the things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and explore and, and bring the joy Mm-hmm. back to mm-hmm. it because there was so much shame mm-hmm. like there was so much shame it felt like I I mean I even know like as an early like when I was DJing in my early 20s like I had a blowout at every single DJ gig because I thought that I would not be seen as like a professional with curly hair I don't know what the fuck that's about or yeah. where I even I mean I know where I got those notions right. but that was that's like it's so much unlearning that we need to do in terms of like our standards of beauty that is like your th- late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. unlearning so much. Oh my yeah. God. Cause you're finally awake enough to be like, okay, I need to like shed these layers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when I'm, I know you have just like this onslaught of brands wanting to work with you, like what are your values or, or just like these cornerstones that you look to, to make sure that each brand has that? Cause we're kind of going, I mean, mm-hmm. we have them, but as we expand, you know, it has to get even more specific. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I don't necessarily have, I mean, sustainability, mm. tran- like uh, transparency, like their ethos and their mantra like needs to speak to me. And it honestly needs to be a great product. Like it just, it needs to be a great product. Mm-hmm. So those like four things I think are like at the core for me. Brand messaging is also a really big part of that. You know, I, I don't think I'd work with a brand that like had a massive slip up, you right. know, like a, even your team do like the research. Like, no, what is that? like I feel like I know so you much know, about yeah. like what's going on in brands. Like if a brand, like, you know, like not to say that like Sprite is bad, but like when Sprite came to me and wanted me to do this whole activation as like an urban DJ, I was like, no, I don't drink soda. Yes. Exactly. You know, like, it's just, those are like easy. Yeah. Like when you have, when you know what you're about, it's easy to kind of figure out what what the brands are that you want to be working with and like that are organic for you. And of course, there are some brands that aren't 1000% on perfect brand for me that I have worked with in the past. Um, but I think like they are increasingly trying to get to a place and that's why I've like worked with them. Mm-hmm. For instance, like degree you know, like they're not like an all natural deodorant and a lot of women still wear antiperspirant, even though it's not great for you. But like, for instance, degree, like their whole thing was about like being in movement and motion and getting out Mm. there to move. And like uh, that messaging really spoke to me. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And it was like a wonderful, you know, it was like a wonderful situation that I got to work with them on that. And so, you know, you give and there's give and take, you know? Mm. And I think that there's also value in me, a woman of color working with a PNG brand. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm like, okay, well, for I don't know if I say no, if they're gonna use another black girl. Right. So there's yeah. So like I'd rather be that person and and kind of getting out there 
Because that to me is like one small step mm-hmm. for us, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. So it, I love that. it's yeah. like, that's kind of, there's a lot of like kind of nuances when working with brands, but like obviously like a brand like Adidas that I get to work with and mm-hmm. who I've been working with for three years, like that was a no brainer. I was literally dead when they came to me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I was freaking out. I couldn't believe it. And they were like, listen, we love your ethos, your mantra, like whatever, like we're so about like this community you've you've cultivated, like how can we support you? And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. is this real? Mm -hmm. And like, here we are three years later. I'm like, wow. And they've been like so supportive. You know, they, they, to me, it's also really important to know when a brand is going to be a one and done or if they're really like in it for the long haul and they want to like help you grow and they want you to help them grow. And like, to me, that is like the ultimate type of partnership. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, mm-hmm. completely. We were, I was talking about this the other day with Lindsay, but it's so funny. Like the Sprite thing just like is so funny. Cause if you were a guy, like guys would be like, oh yeah, get that paper. Like get oh, the yeah. money. They would oh, yeah. literally not give a fuck if you worked with Sprite, but because you're a female, and because we hold ourselves to such higher standards, your community holds you to a higher standard, you would get so much shit. One thousand percent. I would get so much shit. You just said that so well. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's just such bullshit. Like, and that's the thing that's like frustrating sometimes is like for us, and I'm sure for you, it's like, we are do like, we don't work with anyone that we don't love. Same with you. I don't work with anyone I don't align with, but also I'm not like at their factories and shit, like seeing what's going on. So sometimes it's a little frustrating when like, you're not a hundred percent at a place and like people call you out for like, you know, the 2% the deep that research you're not. That right. done. The deep right. research or, right. or their opinion right? or their opinion. You know what I mean? And it's like, we just, as women hold other women to such higher standards and criticize or find opportunities to critique them and it's just not fair because men don't do that shit. I completely agree. And like, for whatever reason, I don't understand why, like it's taken so long for women to like really back women. I don't know what, I mean, I I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy how like women can be so mean and catty and like want to like sabotage one another. Like that is really real. And I've even found within the wellness world, like it's mm. hard. Like it seems like a real like inclusive place, like everyone like namaste. And then it's like, no, bitch, like everyone's out <laughs> here for themselves. I'm like, oh, okay. Totally. Like, and I think for me, one of the most rewarding parts of what I do is getting to put other women on. Like, I feel like I've been able to open doors for so many women. And like, I love that. That is like my number one, like driver of why I like interview all like the women entrepreneurs, like try to like spotlight all of the women, like instructors who are like out here working their fucking buns off Mm -hmm. trying to make a living. Like, you know, it's really, it is really interesting. Like I, like I, you know, I, I wrote this book and I was calling some, some women to, uh, give a quote for the book. And I called a woman of color who I like really respect and admire. And she was like, sorry, I'm too busy. And I was like, I I actually wrote the quote already. Like you could just tweak it. You know, if that's, she's like, sorry. It's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something there. I think I have to think more deeply about it, but like just what comes to mind is that for so long we've much of society has of women in society have like defined themselves according to what men think about them. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like this weird transition where like 
you know, for a community of women to give me validation might not feel as natural or as fulfilling as if a man was like, Hey, good job. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm at the place now where I, I do take it in and I do find the, feel the value and the love. But I think there's some, a shift that's happening. And there are some women who are just like, not there yet. 1000%. It like goes back so far in history yeah. too. It's like with like when the Bible happened and they like, edited it, the church edited it so that it was like Mary Magdalene's a slut and a whore. And she like almost is ruining everything. Or Eve is the one that like ruined human and brought evil to society by, you know, being in the garden, everything like that. Like, it's just so, it's just so embedded that it is really hard for us to kind of switch that mentality and to support women. But I mean, the strides that we've made, like coming from, you know, thinking about, I was just thinking high school, no, wasn't cool college no wasn't cool and it's just been like the couple years out of college that this has really started and how much progress we've made doing it you know it's been like incredible like the conversations that we have in our secret facebook group and at our events you know women that are just meeting one another or women that do know one another are so deep and profound and supportive and like the emotional capacity that women have is in fucking sane. So like the fact that like we can't like just looking at this short period of time and like what we're able to do and what we're going to be able to do in the future by being so able to support one another is insane. 1000%. And actually like when when you were just saying like it was at college, no, like right after Mm -hmm. for me, I really feel like a huge turning point was with Michelle Obama being the first lady. Good one. She was like the first first lady that really was like just out there. Like, uh, like she was her. She had chills. Obama was Obama. Like like it was, she totally had her own identity. And I'm trying to think like, I don't, I mean, I know this is about, but like, I, I don't even know, like, what Al Gore's wife's name. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know, Bush's wife's name. Like, We're obviously, really. we know Hillary, but like, when Bill, by the way, where was Hill? Like, when Bill was, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, you know, Michelle Obama for me, like, she was out there. And then, like, their daughters, yeah. like, it was just like a, it was such a new, mm-hmm. it felt like such a, a new energy in, in our country that really kind of, I felt like fired us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. It makes me sad. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know we miss them. Yeah. It's interesting. Like last thing about Michelle, but it's interesting too, because it's like, even people would talk about before, you know, like we even knew how like amazing and dynamic and like personable and funny and quick she was like, it was like, remember her arms? Oh my God. Her cut, beautiful her cut. arms. Everyone would like freak out Obsessive about her cut. Like, yeah. They'd be like, look at her arms. Like, like you do like Michelle Obama arm workout and like. <laughs> Literally like those triceps were like, they were, yeah, they were fleet. all the right. Yeah. Insane. Like, right. So it was like, even her physical. Right. You know, was like strong and like. Yeah. That's so true. Not like. Someone. This is new. <laughs> I know. My, my mic just fell. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of freestyling now. <laughs> I'm about to beep, beatbox, actually. Yeah, this is for a commercial break. <laughs> okay, I'd love to switch gears. I am always so curious. I mean, we've talked about it before we went on air, but I mean, you know, having a partner who mm. is, from what it looks like, super supportive and involved in your career and your business and the evolution of your brand. I just want to know kind of what's been, 
what surprised you about it? What has been the most challenging? Cause I, I think more and more, more people are becoming entrepreneurs. And then mm-hmm. I think more couples get inspired to maybe work together, but it is daunting. I can imagine because you're spending so much time together. So what has that been like? So it's funny because I feel like I've kind of found someone who is a lot like me. Mm. Um, so we kind of care about the same things. We love the same things. We like like the same music. Like we like the same movies. Like we we are like kind of like the same person but different. <laughs> and it's funny because we. I actually didn't even. I didn't even get Instagram until like a month into dating Brendan. So also that's a very nuanced thing is having wow. one Instagram boyfriend for the last, and by the way, he's my husband now, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But you know what that I mean? So, that is so true. I don't have any other dudes. Yeah. Like, it's nice. It is nice. Um, it's nice also because I had a whole world before him that I'm so glad people like don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the content and like the learnings and all that stuff, like, you know, it's interesting because we also both were DJs, but not were, we both are DJs, but our trajectory has been so different. You know, I kind of went into this world of wellness and he's kind of really gone into like the world of like gentlemen's goods, mm. right? Like he loves mm-hmm. cars and watches, watches yeah. and cigars. And, but on the back end, which a lot of people don't see is like, he runs a talent management company and he is a man, he, you know, him and his business partner, they manage like 15, um, artists and that's me included. It's him included. It's also Virgil and Heron and these girls, Simi Hayes and Taco. It's like a, kind of like a cool, mm. a cool kids management company, cool. um, which is really awesome. And, 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 you know, he's a real hustler and he's been hustling since way before I ever knew him. And it's funny because he actually, he has inspired me to work so hard and he's very much like, you know, I have all these ideas of what I want to do. And he is like, listen, like you can actually accomplish any of these things that you want. Like you just need to have a little bit more structure. You need to um, like maybe take smaller steps to get there. He's really like good with like structuring how I can execute on things that I, cause I'm like a big idea person. And at the end of the day, I know that it all comes down to execution. And he's re- he's been a huge source of help and inspo for me to kind of, figure out how to exactly break things down and, and, and get more crafty and get more, more like on the hustle. Like he's, I guess it's also kind of, he used to be a pro um, Canadian skier Mm. and then he got injured and then he coached the team for five years. So at his core, he's kind of like a coach. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. he like, he also like was a life coach. Like basically he caught co- like these kids who he coached on the, on the team, these five boys, they are, they literally call Brendan like their life coach. They mm. all are still so close. And now these guys who are all kind of like my age, like I'm coach's wife. And I'm like, whoa, mm. this is sick. <laughs> like I'm coach's <laughs> wife. Like this is awesome. Um, but seriously, like, like with, the, with Brendan's guidance, like all of these kids have really like blossomed into what they want to be doing. Like whether it's like, you know, full video production or graphic designers or a DJ um, who like one of the kids is now a DJ and Brendan represents him. And, you know, Mm. it's just like, he's so also about his family and community and staying super close to his friends Mm -hmm. that 
that's also super inspiring, inspiring for me because I feel like it's so easy for me to get caught up in my work and what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. That, you know, he like every time that he's on a city bike, he's calling like one of his friends that he hasn't spoken to in a while. And I'm like, Oh, like, that's so nice. Mm -hmm. Like I need to like get better at doing that. So Mm -hmm. he, he's, he's a real grounding source for me. And it's fun. Like we, there are parts of our lives that completely overlap in terms of like, you know, the travel, we definitely try to do a lot of travel together. We do like a lot of home renovation stuff together. I'm lucky that I do get to work with him quite a bit. And it's great because for both of us who travel a lot, that's like what allows us to like even be together, which, which is kind of crazy that, but like we both of the mentality that work comes first and he's just like, yeah, he's just like, he's my person. So like, mm-hmm. we totally just like, we make it work. And even like for this, like this week, for instance, like I'm not seeing him the whole week and that can be like really hard. You know, we haven't like really spent a week apart since like we first started dating and he was like on tour and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're on the phone and we're texting all day long. And it's like, we don't really even feel like we're apart. And he's also working, I'm working here. And we're just like, so like proud of each other that we're just doing what we have been wanting to do for so long. And now we're like really doing it. Like we're really mm. out here. Like, I'm like, I've like, I remember five years ago, I was like, I really want to write a book. And he's like, okay, like, I don't know if it's your time yet. I'm like, I know, like, I still got to like, I have so much I want to learn and do and blah, blah, blah. And like, now my book's coming out and I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is insane. And he's mm. like, babe, like this is going to be the craziest two months of your life. But like, this is it. Like you've been waiting for this. And like, oh. that's like the type of motivation that's like so awesome. Cause it's Mm. like, it's true. Like as much as like, I could feel like burnt out or like I'm doing the most. It's like, yeah, because like, this is like, this is my time. Mm. I love, I'm just like grateful for examples like that because I think, and I pray that other men kind of see what he's doing and supporting you and not being intimidated by your success and your drive and like kind of breaking the paradigm of like, the traditional roles of like totally. the dude works and makes a lot of money. The woman can do some stuff, but she can't make an, like more totally. money than him. Totally. I just like, thank you for being an example. Cause I think it's important, I really, really you know, cause that. like, Thanks. yeah, I mean, she's I in a relationship. A- I'm not, but I find that like in the dating world, yeah, you know, it's like 50, 50, whether a guy is turned on by your drive or right. is totally freaked out and intimidated. Totally. I completely agree. I I know it's really interesting. And he has a really strong older sister and amazing mom. And like, and that's like, I think like sisters are key. They really are. They really, really are. And then they don't like get freaked out at your period and shit. Totally. And whenever you're you're moody, they're (laughs) like, they're like down with it because they've literally been around moody. (laughs) Yes. Your whole life. 1000%. Incredible. Like my brother is also one of those guys Mm. who's just like so incredible. He Mm. like loves like a woman's success. He like is like turned on by like girls who are like out here doing it. And like, he's also super on top of his shit. And he's just like one of the best humans I've ever met in my life. And I really think that has to do with like him growing up with two sisters, like, you know, a single mom who like, you know, we always joke, like she's, he's her favorite son. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously it's her only son, but like <laughs> he's like the favorite of the family because like he's just like he's literally the best. And he's gone through so many different phases in his life. And like it's we like kind of supported each one of them too. Like we never like I think that's also super important. Like, even if I've done something that I like, even if I put like maybe like a lot of like time and effort into something that isn't gonna end up being a real thing, like 
I feel like everyone in my community, whether it's my mom, my, my husband, whatever, like everyone's like, listen, that's not time wasted. Right. Like that's like, that mm-hmm. was learning. Yeah. That was good. Like everyone's just like super supportive, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And like he's also the first person to tell me like, listen, don't do that. And like, or don't, you know, don't do it that way. And like having that kind of criticism coming from someone who I trust so much doesn't make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. It like makes me feel like, okay, like, okay, let me like reevaluate. Let me, let me make sure I'm doing it the right way. Mm. Yeah. Almost like taking care of even more for your travel. Like how do you stay healthy? And like, how do you stay well when you guys are traveling so much? Traveling is so crazy on the body. Oh my God. It's like wild. And so you really do need to have these like things in place, like whether or not you've got like your, you know, glutathione packs Mm. and like all these things that you kind of got to figure out what's good for you. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you know that you are like a crazy snacker and you don't have access to like the type of snacks you want, like, okay, so purchase some snacks before you travel. So that way, like you have things on hand Mm -hmm. that are a better choice than what you're going to be ha- have access to. Or let's say like, you know that like you, you're supposed to be on a vitamin regimen. Okay. So take some time before you travel, get yourself the vitamin mm-hmm. pack and like set your shit up or, you know, put, put all the vitamins for the one day in a little Ziploc bag and do that for every day that you're going to be gone. You know, there's just like little things that you can do to optimize and not fall completely off track while you're traveling. I mean, for me, I'm such a lover of culture and food that I, wherever I'm like traveling to, I want to fully immerse myself into that like local food and whatever, whether that's Italy, whether that's like, you know, Japan, by the way, I've never been to Japan, but you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, those are the things like I love to fully eat the way a local eats and I Mm -hmm. want to like get in there. And so if I know that, like maybe I'll, bring some like extra digestive enzymes because I know that like maybe not everything's going to sit really well in my stomach. Or maybe I'm like making sure that I find myself a travel probiotic that doesn't have to be refrigerated that like I can bring on my travels. And Mm -hmm. like maybe it's something also as simple as just like drinking extra water. You know, like I think traveling makes us so dehydrated. And when we're really drinking the amount of water that we're supposed to be drinking, like our bowels don't get so backed up. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then, you know, of course, like, yeah, if you can get a workout in when you're traveling, like that's great. But like for most of the time for me, like I'm walking around a city and like, that's good enough, you know? And like, sometimes it's even about getting a massage Mm. and just like really like relaxing and like being in the moment. So, yeah. So I think that there's different things that you can do and you kind of just need to figure out like what your own goals are, Mm. what you're trying to accomplish. Like, you know, if you know that, you know, travel like makes your, gives you migraines or whatever, like maybe you're drinking extra water, taking like whatever migraine like pills you have and like bringing them with you. So that way you don't have like a crazy situation when you land and then you're like jet lagged and all fucked up for like three days of your trip. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. There's just like, there's different little hacks. It just kind of depends on like what you're really looking to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to talk about the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Do what feels good. What was the inspiration behind it? Um, So do what feels good is really like just a full download of everything I've learned over the last 10 years on my wellness journey. It is like the advice that I live by every single day. And it's got a lot of different um, kind of anecdotes around 
body positivity, like being like accepting of your identity, um, how to listen to your body. It's got a lot of expert advice. It's got recipes. It's got DIY beauty. It's got DIY baths. Um, so it's like, it's a full, uh, kind of like wellness, like, I don't know, like not like not a guide, but it's like, it's definitely just like all of the knowledge that I like literally rely on every single day. This by this book, by the way, is no way like a guide to how to be like me or like a meal plan book or like a fitness book. This book is literally the practical things that I have learned to implement into my routines that have changed my life in a way that I can't even describe. Like if you're looking to optimize your health and your sense of self, this is a great book for you. Mm. What's like one of the tips that you really love? Without giving away too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, one of the easiest things that costs no money is changing the way we drink water. Mm. Tell me more. So my whole thing is that, and I've been doing this for almost eight years, I don't drink water 45 minutes before or after a meal. Mm. And it's changed my digestion. Someone told me that the, immensely yeah, recently. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because when you dilute your food while you're drinking, you can't, your body's not digesting it the way that it should. And a lot of the particles are not being broken down because they're just being washed down. Like they're going with the fluid as opposed mm. to actually being broken down by your system mm. and your teeth. Yeah. And so then the water, when you drink the water after or before, that's like what creates the way that it's supposed to move through your intestines like properly. Good one. Really mm-hmm. good one. Good yeah. One. Mm-hmm. So weird. When I was little, I was probably in third grade. I hung out with this girl and her mom was like so like ahead of her time. And she always at dinner, we always had dinner with our family and they never drank water at dinner. And she's like, you're not supposed to drink water when you eat. Oh, it was like Ohio. I was like fucking 10. I'm like, what? <laughs> Literally. Well, it's also- But it was weird as fuck. I was like, what is, like I knew, it's like something's here that I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> honestly, it's like the one thing that my husband does that drives me crazy because he's the type of person who only takes one bite and then takes a full sip of water. And bites I'm like, it, bites it. Literally. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, no, like, I, have a, I have a book for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, babe. And then he's like, literally like has a tummy ache. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I didn't realize that I don't chew my food. Oh, Most God. of us don't. I was getting like a colon hydrotherapy thing. We were seeing oh, the yeah. shit clonics, fly by. Clonics, baby. And I was like, she's like, she's like, you, you chew your food. Your yeah. food. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, there's sticks in your shit right now. Literally. Like, I don't know what's going on. Also, like that probably has to do with the fact that you're probably eating your food within like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you like changed your the way you ate for, if you try to elongate your five minutes to 15 minutes and like eight slower, you'd also probably find that you were full faster mm-hmm. and that if you're chewing and actually if you don't look at, if you, I mean, it's, it's hard not to like be, especially if you were eating alone, like to not look at your cell phone. But if you just take a second before you eat to even just smell your food, mm. that's actually smelling one. your food starts to create the enzymes in your mouth yes. that create saliva that help break down food. So even by just smelling your food, that's going to help you digest your food better. The body is amazing. It really is. It really is amazing. Like everything's for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. What do your nails say? They say sicko mode. Dude. Yeah. 
Those are insane. So, I loved sorry, your nails like for your wedding. Or like right before your wedding? Or was it for your That's wedding? Amazing. I mean, I literally changed my nails. I brought my nail artist to my wedding and I had like It was like soon to be... Oh yeah, Whatever, I did soon wifey. to be wifey. So with a picture of her and her husband. thumbs. You know what's so funny is that Come when on. I first met my nail artist six and a half years ago, I walked into a salon and I was like, I had maybe like you know like hit the hit the bong or something like I was like <laughs> a little I was like maybe a little stuff. I walked in and I was like, can you like put a portrait of my boyfriend on my nails? It was like Valentine's Day. <laughs> And she was like, she literally like, looked at me. She's like, my pussy now. <laughs> she's like, she's like, um, well, like, show me a photo of him. And I was like, okay. And she literally painted his portrait on like the Yo. world's smallest can- canvas. <laughs> and I, and since then, I was like, okay, I'm never going to see anyone else. And May, who's my nail artist, has been. I've literally not seen anyone else in six and a half years. I helped her get her green card. She's like my. Oh, she's literally like my life like and saved soul. Her. No, no, she's literally. Now she does like Balenciaga, Bella Hadid, like literally all the people, like Nicki Minaj, like. Wait, does all she like things. go to their? Is she like she, she gets hired for editorials? She's like doing V magazine covers. She does like Balenciaga's like runway shows. Like no, 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 she's like so beyond. It's insane. And so we're we're super close. And and uh, so I I brought her for, to the wedding and and we did all these fun nails together. And we were so we were just so excited. She, she uh, honestly, she also just like she's been with Brendan and I through our entire journey. Mm. So she was like, she just like was so excited about the whole thing. And like, you know, for, for us, like we love like the creative journey of figuring out nails. And, you know, we did, we used to do so much crazy like nail art shit that was like, that would then like go viral. Like I did these nails that were, um, the lyric, like a, a emoji version of the lyric for I don't pop Molly, I rock Tom Ford. Mm-hmm. And like, they went like fully viral and May was like, holy shit. Like oh, this is insane. God. Like for a, like, but like she was also like killing it in Tokyo. She actually mm-hmm. had a place, a salon in Kyoto. And then she moved to New York and then was working as a, as a girl in a salon. And I was like, no, 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 you are so talented. And obviously she's like, yeah, I know. I like ran my own salon in Japan, <laughs> but like, I was like, okay, well obviously like, she's like, but I don't know anyone here. And I'm like, well now you know you're me done. and you're going to know everyone. So wow. Yeah. I would love to see that nail. Oh my God. I'll, yeah, I'll find, find it. I'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, so Where good. can people connect with you, honey? Um, So people can, you know, catch up with me on Instagram at Hannah Bronfman. Um, and you can pre-order my book mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wherever books are sold. But really it's like a link in my bio. Um, right. But Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble are just as good as well. Um, So yeah, that's kind of me. Yay. And Kayla from our team is your number one fan. Oh my God. She's cute. She lives in Canada. And literally even before, like months and months ago, she, I would be like, who do you like to follow on Instagram? She's like, Hannah. And she like, show me all your stuff. That's so cute. I love my Canadian, my Canadian family. Canadians are the best. I I want to raise my kids in Canada. Well, I don't think I mentioned, but my husband's Canadian. So yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) That's why actually when you said the ski team, I was like, oh. Right, that's where yeah. all the good ones are. Yeah, yeah. literally. I know. I gotta I know. Go there Canada. You really should. We yeah. were in Vancouver last week for our last part of tour, and this guy 
we were looked like fools. We were wearing like Lululemon and sneakers. My ankles were showing at the top of Whistler. Oh my God. And he's like, where are you guys from? And I was like, uh, the States. He's like, well, we are the same country. (laughs) Right, right, right. Literally. I was like, yeah, you are right. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. We're so excited about your book. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me today. Please. I'm glad that he reminds you to be like, yo, this is huge because it's huge. It's huge. Huge. Be really proud. So proud. Thank I'm you. so excited. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This was awesome. Oh yeah, this honey. Was a great chat. We'll we have got to you. see you in New York. We'll yeah. Oh yeah. Overlap there and okay. I Let me know. Maybe we'll get our nails done. May. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, <So, laughs> do, we'll na- do you think yeah. May will do my turmeric covered nails? <laughs> <laughs> She'll help you out for sure. For sure. Okay. All right, honeys. We love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Anna Bronfman. Thanks, sister. So mm-hmm. good. And congratulations on your book. Yeah. So happy for you. Wow. Can't wait to do um, do something with you in 2019. We always say this on the I pod. I didn't know if you knew, but uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I know. <laughs> it's always nice to say it on air. Yeah, I know. Honestly. <laughs> hey. So people are like, I thought you guys were doing something. You're like, yeah, I, we are. Tickets are on sale. Yeah. New York City. <laughs> summer 2019. Her apartment. <laughs> yeah. No, we love you. Thank you for being on Almost 30. We got Podcast Pro coming up. Podcast Pro, baby. So if you would like, you can sign up for your Podcast Pro. If you're interested in starting a podcast in 2019, maybe that's one of your resolutions. You have two more days to sign up. So please go to your Podcast Pro. That's why you are podcastpro.com to sign up for the course. And then you can also get any resources that you need to um, launch, market, brand your podcast as well. And we have a review of the week. Yay. Five stars from Nikki. So incredibly game-changing. I get why this podcast is such a hit and why these gorgeous women have such a strong following. To Kristen and Lindsay, I thank you both so much. I'm 25 and going through a difficult transitional period in my life as I've just broken up with my boyfriend of five and a half years. Your podcast has been so expansive for me and has opened my eyes to whole new worlds of possibilities. You two are truly doing the Lord's work by putting yourselves out there and spreading all of this amazing and game-changing information. Bless up. I've been listening for about six months and saving my review for the right time. I've listened to so many episodes and you two are consistently putting out amazing content. I'm so impressed really do thank you from the bottom of my heart oh thank you thanks honey sending you love getting out of that relationship yeah i think i was 25 and i was getting out of my long-term relationship too too. yeah it's way better it's way better don't worry (laughs) i know this is fucking hard but honestly you're gonna find better yeah you're you're not the same person you were at 20, yes. when you were first met that person, and then you're going to be a completely different person at 30. So I just, just trust. trust. It, it's going to be okay. I promise you. I wish trust. I could give you a big hug. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you guys for mm-hmm. writing the reviews. They are so thoughtful and kind and sweet, and it really helps us to continue to evolve the podcast, bring on great guests that share important messages with you all. Um, so appreciate it. All right, y'all. First week of the new year. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bye.